Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Dini. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Graham Hunter, and we'll bring you joy. When it comes to the big interview, one of the great privileges is that I get to invite people I like. Now, that isn't programme sellers often, or pie sellers, or kit men. It's often footballers, managers. And in this instance, you've been watching Michael Richards on Sky or on Match of the Day since, I don't know, 2006, 7, 8, and you're still seeing him on those shows now because, sadly, an excellent career was truncated by injury. However, what he's proved is that he's exceptional at analysing football, talking about the sport he loves on television, and therefore we asked him to join us in the big interview. And our guest was, of course, a Premier League winner with Manchester City. Now, he's popular in what he does. The range of football shows where he's popping up indicate that television thinks he's great. The full episode with Michael Richards is exclusive to socios of the big interview at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. The most enjoyable forward slash you'll ever have. And it's at that site you can sign up for additional content and lots of interaction with me and the producers of the show. Tell friends, please. Everybody's welcome. In this, which is a shorter edit of the interview with Micah, you're about to hear a remarkable inside account of the making of England's champions in 2012, starring, who else? Roberto Mancini, Mario Balotelli, Manchester United, and Micah himself. Micah Richards. (laughs) First of all, um, thank you very much getting out of your scratcher early this morning, driving <laughs> south, coming here and, and putting up with us. <laughs> thank you for this beautiful tea. Well, thanks, thanks for uh, putting up with me. Now we've, got more, now we've got more important subjects than transporting tea to speak about. When you, everybody in their lives, literally, well, everybody that we respect and might listen to this, aims for something, usually aims to be good at something, the best at something, or to triumph. You're a champion of England. You're, you're a winner. Um, even though, you know, it's now a couple of weekends ago that that mad moment happened, how many times in a week or in a month, or when you wake up, or when you've had an awful day, or when you wake up and you pull the curtains and the sun's shining and you just go, yeah... 92nd minute and 30 seconds in Kuna. What's the abiding feeling of having reached the epitome of what you started to do? How, how does it stay with you? Does it manifest itself? Or 
Or is it just like only when some idiot like me asks <laughs> you about it that it comes to the surface again? No, we, we because I'm now in media, uh, I get asked it probably every week. Right. What What was that moment like? Mm-hmm. It was. It was difficult for me because it was a, it was a bittersweet moment, in, in terms of I played all the season and I picked up a hamstring injury. Mm. So, Zabaleta came in and was doing really well. So the last five games, I didn't actually start. I always came on, and if there was one game I wanted to play was that, the final game, against QPR. Um, and because Mancini didn't want to change a winning side and I was his number one choice throughout the season it was difficult for me to take but then it was a moment when we went behind against QPR it was we're in this together you know what I mean it's a team game it's not put all your, your personal accolades aside and your personal feelings aside because we're in this together um and people always ask me. It's different for me because when you're playing with the likes of David, David Silva, Yaya Torre, company, it's sort of in their destiny. You know, they, they were like natural talents, if you, if you know what I mean. They was always going to make it to the top, no matter, as long as I stayed on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Whereas I come through the academy and when Mancini came in, he didn't really know. I mean, he knew he knew my name because I played for England and whatnot. But I wasn't a star player, so I had to almost work twice as hard to show him what I could do. So, for me to, to then go and lift the Premier League, you know, and being at Man City since I was fourteen, it made it, it's like the, the best feeling in the world. And and some people try brush it aside, like, well, you was in a good team, but I had to work so hard to to just stay amongst that squad so for me it, it it will mean a lot more what was the process of convincing him like because it's obvious you would rely on you know you look at him and I say oh my god I know what I do well do what you do well but presumably you have to size him up you have to listen to him he has to take a little look at you and what we're used to learning about um, when you unwrap professional sport a little bit there's always crazy little moments of one kind or another because after all it's all people mm-hmm. so Mancini comes in and you go okay and there are others who will immediately get a shove into the first team from him I've got to convince him what was that process mutually like between him and you? It, it was difficult at the start because he, he had his favourites Balotelli was a, his, his favourite and he used to get away with murder you know I've said it time after time but what people don't understand about Bandatelli, he was one of the nicest per- people ever. And Mancini saw that me and him got on really well. Um, so he thought, all right, let's see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And it was the initial friendship with Mario which allowed me to get in with Mancini, if you know what I mean. So he helped me massively. I, I remember talking to Bandatelli all the time. Said the, the the manager really thinks you're a, you're a nice guy because I, I I am I just I just get on with my business I don't really get involved with politics and stuff like that I just I just say it how it is I work hard in training if you like me you like me if you don't then you know but it was you know I, I owe a lot to to Balotelli for for sort of smoothing over that relationship because 
at the start, I, I don't think Mancini rated me, if, if I was being totally honest. He thought I had good attributes, but I don't think he thought I could turn into a, a, a world-class performer. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to say world-class, because world-class to me, you know, I think of Ronaldinho, Ronaldo and all, and all them sort of players. So I don't class myself world-class, but in that season, I performed world, you know, at the world-class level, in my opinion. Not saying I was world-class. And it was all down to Mario Balotelli. Micah, in these podcasts, I don't often talk about hair or hairstyles, and you can see why. It doesn't really, really work for me. I mean, I feel like non-drivers can opine about Formula One, you know, and just because I've opted for a different look. But it does kind of leave me a little... I mean, this is turning into a sub-story, but there's a lot of hair products I can't speak about. Do you hear me? And I don't know if you already know where I'm going, but you and Mario adopted the same barber. Because we're going to talk a lot about a certain 6-1 game. And in that game, the two of you have got just what looks like, a, I don't know if it's a little hedgehog here, Arturo Vidal's nicked it off you, did, did you do it for each other? What was it? You used to call it the Mohawk, didn't we? Did. Or Mohican. Everyone used to call us twins, although I was a better looking twin. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he listens to Mario, so you might want to just say, only kidding, mate, or whatever. I'm not Chabelle. Or... Um, and it, in, that, in, in, in that era, it was just a fashionable thing, and we both just, just ran with it. Um, was it about speed? No, it was, well, it? It, it, I was quick enough. I was quicker than him, so maybe he was using it for speed, but I, <laughs> I was quick enough anyway. But yeah, we just... He had some crazy hairstyles. Um, I had one or two, maybe three. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we just, you know, we, we was only young then. I think, how old was I then? 23? Yeah. I think he was 21 yeah. around that time. Yeah. So you're going through that stage where, you, you know, you're trying different hairstyles, but I, w- I wouldn't wear that now. Today. Life's got to be a laugh. <laughs> if, you, if you're doing everything else seriously, like which you must have done training and your attitude to work, as you said... <laughs> Life's got to be a laugh on it. Yeah. Thing. When you when you find the sorry, go back here again. When you find the fringes, you you've got to have a laugh. But you is a picture in my mind because if 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 you're all right with it and you like him, yeah. Can we stop a little bit and try and tell people, it, just paint Balotelli a little bit more as a as a picture because I obviously don't don't know him particularly well, but I've had a couple of lucky experiences in that he came to do a a big show for I'm sure it's Nike um, in Barcelona and we got an invite. And the idea was that to launch these new boots, there was a massive, it was a sort of factory. There was a massive wall, but they'd made it a sort of tactile wall so that the, the ball would hit it and it would interact. There were certain things that would... So there was Marco Royce, World Cup winner, Borussia Dortmund, exceptional footballer. There was Cesc Fabregas, World Cup winner, exceptional footballer. Thierry Henry was the host. Blah blah, it's the same thing. World Cup winner, exceptional footballer. He wasn't really supposed to join in because he was hosting, but he did join in. And there was Mario, and they had about five tasks. And it literally was it was an interactive. For example, one was you had to bend, you had to do a little dribble and bend the ball and knock bricks out of the wall for points. But there were four or five drills like that that would be done at pace, and it was competitive. And of course, they were there for the money and the there. But you were footballers. The instant that it's on, everybody's walled on the set. Now I'm on too. And Mario Balotelli won every drill by a street. 
And in my opinion, people remember him first probably for unrealized potential, secondly for japes, thirdly for powerful goals. But that fella was, to my eye, was had enormous skill too. He was incredible, one of the most talented footballers I've, I've ever played with. I feel, feel a little bit sorry for, for Mario at times because he doesn't help himself on one hand, but the, the, the other hand, he's had a tough upbringing, you know, obviously he was adopted. Um, and that, you know, I've, I've got friends who are adopted as well, and, and they tell me, like, you know, they think about it every day, it plays on their mind. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with, with Mario, I think he's going through things that people don't really know about and he's getting judged upon that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, he's got to take responsibility himself as well and try not to put himself in these positions because, yeah, he's underachieved massively because he's one of the, like I said, one of the best I've, I've ever played with. But I feel like if there's ever a blame, he's always the one that gets it rightly or wrongly because, like you said, the, you know, the tasks that he did there, we would do that in training every single day. And it, I think some managers just found it frustrating that he wouldn't always show it on the pitch. Mm-hmm. But we all see what he can do. We see what he did in the, in the Euros. He gets one assist at Man City that helps us win the league. Um, he scores some terrific goals at AC Milan. Um, he did well in his first spell in, in France as well. And then it sort of petered out when him and Vieira didn't see eye to eye at mm-hmm. Nice. And, you know, he's back home in his... In his Hometown of Brescia now, and he's, he's he's actually scored a few important goals as well. But I, I just feel like he's he doesn't know how to play his cards right, if you know what I mean. Because he's so powerful, and social media is so powerful now. Anything that he does is going to be taken out of context. You're a hard worker. You're an honest man, and you you excelled in your football career. There's, there's no two questions about it. No two ways about it. And you said you were friendly with him, that you liked each other, that was a feeling. Did, did, was there a small part of the solidity your friendship gave him, or even just working together day to day? that partly why some of the best football we've seen from Mario came at City? I just think I... Whenever I was doing an interview, or I would always try to protect him <laughs> because I knew what the real Mario was like. And all, all he needs is someone who... You know, he did so well, not... Not maybe because of, of me with the friendship, because Mancini believed in his ability. You know, when you've got a manager who believes in you, you, you know, you can do what you want in, mm-hmm. in, in the game. You know, people would, you know, outside of Man City would say, oh, he shouldn't be playing, he shouldn't... Don't forget, we had strong strike force, Aguero, Tevez, Dzeko and Balotelli as well at the same... So he, he couldn't play every game, but that, that season he made huge impact and I'd say... It wasn't down to more, more me. I think it was down to more Mancini. Um, but Mancini was just brutally honest with him. But it was like his, it was like his son as well. Because Mancini is not an ordinary football man, in my opinion, by any means. <coughs> he was also, for those who listen to this and only remember him as a manager, I'm old enough to have seen him as a player, and he was off the scale good. Off the scale. If people thought Totti was brilliant, Mancini was... In all honesty, he didn't play for as long, but he was twice the player. Really? Mancini was off the scale. Just like a football Rolls Royce, but with a Ferrari brain, elegant too. When they won the 
title at uh, Samp, and him and Viali, they, they ripped Italian football apart and played in a different style because they were coming from an era which was much more cautious and much more percentage mm-hmm. and, and they weren't like that at all. And yeah, he's turned out to be a really interesting manager but also a very stubborn, very opinionated man too. He's not your normal football man, I don't think. No, I, being brutally honest, <coughs> there was half the change room that loved him and half the change room that, that hated him and I think that's probably why he left in the end because I, I, I think he'd, he'd lost the, the, the changing room. I loved him. I, I, I loved how brutally honest he was with me. I, I loved how, how long he spent on the, the training ground with me. He was a perfectionist. It's difficult now because the, 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 the modern player, you have to put your arm around a lot more. Whereas old school, I had Stuart Pearce. He was hard as nails. He'd tell you straight, you know. And for some reason, I reacted better to, to managers who would just tell me how it is. Do you know what I mean? Don't sugarcoat it. But Mancini sort of fell out with the wrong players in the dressing room. And I think that was the reason, you know, that they couldn't see eye to eye in the end. Because, he, like you said, he is, he is opinionated. He is a perfectionist. He would be in at 6 o'clock in the morning and sometimes not leave till 11 o'clock until he was happy. But I love that about a manager because he's willing to go to, to places that other managers won't go to like let's let's have it right Mancini bought a trophy to, 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 to Man City and it took 40 years he's the first manager to do that FA Cup the next season Premier League and we can talk about Pellegrini we could talk about Pep Guardiola in terms of his style of football he plays and you know winning back to back titles but you know we was up against Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson you know top top managers and Mancini to come over here and do that it, it, like you know, you said at the start, then you know how important it was to win a Premier League for a player. But arguably, he's done something greater than the, what any any player's done because he's up against top top managers in one of the the hardest leagues, and that's why he has my full support whenever speaking about him. And I know he was a I know he was a difficult character, mm-hmm. but it works for some players and it doesn't work for others. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I, want, I don't know if it's unwillingly, but I want to drag you back to the season in which you became a champion of England. 
It doesn't sound too bad when I say it. <laughs> I feel there's a legitimate it's, reason. It's got a nice ring to it, hasn't it? There, there you go. <laughs> Even for me, I've got goosebumps and everything. Listen, everybody, everybody loved watching it. There's a couple of things I want to draw your opinion on. Because, you know, City United is a big thing. People would argue, and, and you were born in Birmingham, you grew up in, in Leeds, and, but you were here pretty early, so you kind of know the city quite well. You spent a big chunk of your, your working life here. So United-Liverpool is a big thing, and City-Liverpool wasn't for a long time, and, and then it became so, because your two seasons, you've touched on something that Neil and I have been preparing this, because yeah, honestly, we, we do prepare a little bit. <laughs> you might not assume it. We, we thought the splitting the atom moment probably wasn't the money coming in or actually Mancini arriving or even Sonny Davids. Probably the splitting the atom moment is that, is that cut run and winning. Now, if I'm not wrong, I haven't got my note here, but I think you scored the winner in the quarterfinal against Reading. Reading, correct, yeah. Um, I mean, just a snapshot, because I haven't looked at it. How's the goal? It was a, uh, from a corner, a header. We won that one nil. Like journalistic versus a brilliant soaring header. Would you? Well, yeah, you can, you can, you can say that. I'll take that. Let's just, that. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Then you don't play the semi against United. Hamstring injury. Every time, I just feel like in my career, every time mm. I got going to my top level, injury would would, would stop me from then propelling to to the to the next level. Because you're straight back in for the final, in a team that reads Hart, Michael Richards, Vinnie Company. Colour of Jolian, who was here earlier on, uh, Gareth Barry, David Silva, Nigel de Jong, who tried to take his boot straight into Xabi Alonso's chest <laughs> exactly a year before I was there. Yaya Toure, who could play a little bit. Carlos Tevez, who could play two Balotelli. It's a hell of a side. It's only 1-0 against Tony Pulis' Stoke, but it's the Wembley feeling. I presume you had friends and family there. And also, irrespective of it being a smaller winning margin than some would have imagined against a difficult side, not a side anywhere near as really man-for-man as talented as yours, but even beyond the cup lift or a medal, actually winning is something that infuses, I I think, your attitude, your behaviour, your level of training the next season, your expectations for, okay, most players go, okay, where do we go next? No, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Tell me some of those feelings, or, or if I'm wrong, or what did that feel like? It, it felt so, so good because we, we hadn't won a trophy for so long. So no, no matter what happened, once the investment come in, we was the first ones to win the FA Cup and to win the Premier League. And it, it was the, the emotions were... I can't describe them. It was, it was just... It was like a roller coaster where you know you're supposed to beat Stoke in the final, but you, you don't you don't know if it's going to happen and, until it does. You look at you, you know you look to, to, to you got Vincent Company, you know to, to my left. You got Jolin Lescott, you got Kolarov, you got Silver Yard, and you're just like we need to we need to win this game. Like I'm I never get nervous before any games ever, but this game I was nervous. And the, the the derbies, I was always nervous because I knew how much it how much it meant. And it was the game was like it was played in slow motion. Mm. And it's like you just want you, you want it to end. You want it to end as soon as possible, just so you, you, you can see the outcome. Whether you, whether you win or lose, you just want it to be over. It's not it's not an enjoyable feeling. No. Leading up to the game is is horrible. Like the, the night before, you don't sleep. 
you, you know, you, 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 you're playing things in your head that you, you, know, you want the outcome to be. You're thinking worst case, you, you overthink everything. And then when you lift it, I think uh, Balotelli got man of the match in that game. It was, it was absolutely incredible. And after, after it, when, when you're up there, and, and, and I, I'm not really emotional guy in terms of wanting to cry. I, I'm more just more happy, mm. if you know what I mean. But, you know, that night I cried because it was like all that, you, all that I've worked for had, had mm. finally come, come together. But 10 minutes after I cried, I was like, I want more. I want more. When, when, what can we do now? There was a genuine, real feeling real, inside Real you. feeling. What, what, can we, what can we do now? And I'm not just saying this is real emotions. Like, I want, I want, I want to win it every year. Or what's next? Can we win the Premier League? And that, that FA Cup moment spurred us on to go win the league next day. Pre-season, we was in LA. We had like a, a, a team sort of bonding. We was out. We was out till three o'clock in the morning, probably three times, drinking, enjoying it. And we, we said, we had like a group huddle and we said, lads, we're going to need everyone together because we need to win the league this year. You know, no matter how, it's going to be ups and downs. People are not going to play. You know, you're not going to play as much as you want, but make sure we win the league this year. And if we want to go into LA in that pre-season, I don't think it would, because it, we, it brought us together. You know, Pete, you know, like it's in the change rooms, so you've got 25 players. Me and you might be best friends, but me and someone over there, we, we might not like each other because we're in the same position or we don't like that personality. But that LA trip galvanised the squad and it's like, we've, we've, we've won something now. What can we do that's going to be greater than that? And the only thing that was going to be greater than winning the first trophy was winning the Premier League because you, it's a massive... And you can tie a line between that, that team bonding in LA to the, the really... I mean, it's, you, you've got a great way with words and I knew that, that's why I asked you to do this because you impress on the TV. It's really it's like, no, I'll switch the TV on to watch a match or a great player. There, and, but there are people who talk about their sport, their profession, they may go, yeah, I'm going to listen to this guy, you won. But when you talked about QPR at home that it looks like he's not doing the normal thing, which is to bring you on to, to, to not just to close, but to be sure you're not. And you said, but it took over that it's we. Yes. So there's a direct line between LA and sitting going, well, okay, I ain't going to put my book competitively on the pitch this day when it's one, but it's us. It's us. These, these two, they're connected, that pre-season feeling and how you felt that day, right? 100%, because... Every player, and that, that's why it's so difficult being a team sport because, end of the day, you get player of the year, you get, you get people who get nominated for team of the year. So it's a team game, but it's individual within the team. And no matter what, any of the 25 squad we had, if they're not playing, people would react differently. Some people would be like, know their place. But I, in my head, I think I deserve to be playing in every single match, especially because my form was so good. So when you, when you don't, you know, there was times, I won't mention the player, but some, someone on, you know, who was not in the squad that day said to me, I hope we lose. That's what, and that's the emotion you're going through. And that just made me think, well, I'm, I'm devastated you're not playing, but you want us to lose after all that we've, all we've been through. Um, and I was still fuming up to this point, you know, you know, because, you know, 
I'll, I'll say how it is. Zabaleta scores the first goal. Man in my position. You know, after does well after being injured. So it, again, I was celebrating the goal. I was up. And I, I, I didn't have my contacts. I wear glasses. So I didn't even actually see... I see someone running through. So I didn't even see who it was. I'm, 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 I'm up. I'm, I'm jubilant. I'm, I'm happy. Then I see Zambaletta's and Scott, I'm just like, I'm just like, what is up with my look? What have I done? What have I done to deserve this? And these are, these, are, these are small problems in the scale of life, but I mean, in terms of, you know, my career. Yeah. The, the guy that replaces me goes and scores, but at, at this time, looked like potentially maybe it might be the winning goal. League winning goal. Yeah. And then obviously they score, and then they score again. And that's when, no, we're in this together then. Yeah. We're in this together. And Jekyll scores. Yeah. And then me and Balotelli are warming up on, on, on the side. I don't know if it was before Jekyll scored or after. He said to me, don't worry. I, I can, you can try and get a video speaking on the side. I said, because I'm like, I'm gone. Emotionally, I'm gone. I, I'm just like... We've given everything away. You know what I mean? We're gonna, and especially for me, we're going to lose it to United. United. You know what I mean? This can't happen. And he said to me, don't worry. We're going to win this and I'm going to change the game when I come on. <laughs> and he goes and gets an assist. And I was just like, what? The only assist that he's had at Man City. He's a special player, special talent, special group, special manager. Every, everything, the fans, you know, you see, you, see, you see clips of the fans, you know, crying in the crowd because when I first signed with City we was an average Premier League team going back before that look at Dickoff's goal you know like every 10 years is a different history do you know what I mean every decade yeah. some, something's different and I, 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 I got on on a decent one because I, I got to play in the Premier League mm-hmm. but then people don't remember like where we've come from from the last time we won a trophy everyone's got a different story you know what I mean and then to to Aguero to score to score like when I talk about special players you know company Silver Aguero it, it's written in the star, stars for them players it really is because it could only that could only happen to a handful of, 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 of individuals and that's why he's one of the best strikers in, in world football earlier on a guy we like very much and think special and has joined you in this series John Lescott said that when the winner went in all he could think of was brilliant man all he could think of was running and jumping on the physios and the bench because of all the help they'd given him. He wasn't looking for the goal scorer. He wasn't looking for family or friends or the fans. It was like his, his overwhelming instinct was to thank you to the people who'd got him in nick by working on him throughout the season. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's incredible. Because and it's, but it dovetails with the emotions you were talking about too, about one big special group yeah a lot of them physios have been there since when I started Robin Sadler Craig Yule Lee Nobbs joined a bit later and they, they've, they've, they've gone from average team to, to Premier League winners you know like you know, you know when you hear people talking now oh he's, he's won a Premier League but he wasn't that good not necessarily man like to win a Premier League is one of the most difficult challenges you, you could ever face in life the emotions like, I, I, I was taking probably four or five Volta rolls at sometimes a day just so I could be out there. You know what I mean? Like, which is going to affect my future life. But would I do it again? Yeah, I'd take ten if I knew I was going to win the Premier League. Because you never don't play with pain, almost. Ne- always. Especially the challenges that I used to go in for. I used to go in for challenges that 
you know, I should, I should never even be going for, but I just love the passion. I love it. I, I'm one of them people who genuinely love football. I love watching it. I love playing it. I love everything to do with football. And that's why the City fans respect me here, because they know I put... If I had a bad game, if I had a good game, I'd give 100%. We, we've got sponsors who help us do this. They're Bet365. They've sent us in some very interesting questions. One of them is, on Sunday the 23rd of October 2011, at approximately five minutes past two, did Mark Clattenburg deny you a blatant penalty against Manchester United? And how many... <laughs> and how many United players tried to take you down before... The, the final scything should definitely <laughs> been a pocket. Yes, it was definitely. But you know what it is? I was f- theatrical the way I went down. It was, defi- it was definitely a penalty. Yeah. 100%. We didn't have VAR back then, though, did we? Should have <laughs> But yeah, I just love to, 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 to go forward as well. I got that licence from, from Mancini. If we was against a team where there was open spaces, he said, Used to, don't come back. Use your pace and power going forward. And in that game, I just, you know, I just unleashed what I had. We must let you back today. I'd like, if it's possible, to end with two quick ones. Yeah, Bet365, sure. I've asked, your best memory, the best feeling of playing international football for your country? Well, it's a difficult question, that, because that season when I got in when I was 18, I just missed out a player of the year to Steven Gerrard. So at 18, like, for all my, my flaws in my game, like, because I was a young kid who just took it by storm, I was getting loads of accolades and... A lot of people, you know, was was happy with my work. So you got to say your, your, your England debut, but we didn't qualify for the um, the Euros. I can't remember his name now, but he scored a goal, and it just went under Scott Carson's arm. Is this the Croatia game? Yes, yeah. it was a Croatia game, and that again changed my whole dynamics of of my career as well. Because had we went to that Euros. Then I would have been on the, 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 world, the world stage, you know what I mean? Because sure. everyone's watching the Euros. Yeah. But I was just Man City and in, in England, but it was, it was only it was qualifiers. But, you know, when you go to a, a proper tournament, you, you, you're seen by a lot more people. And I was in the form of my life then. I was going to the to a Euros, I would have been 18, 19. And, and, I, and, I, and I narrowly missed out through, through, through a 3-2 defeat. So... In a My, game when the coach should have said, lads, we'll hold what we've got rather yes. than pushing on because at a certain stage, you've qualified. E- exactly. Match management wasn't brilliant that day. I'm sorry, but from the coach, I'm sorry. It um, wasn't. I've only really had difficult times with England, not in terms of personal, as a team. Yeah. You know, because we remembered for the team that didn't qualify for the Euros that year. Obviously, I scored against Israel, which, to score for your country, I never thought I'd even dream of. So, between making my debut and scoring my goal, they're my, my, my favourite moments. Many, many people can't say that. I know, yeah. The last part, Mike, is this. You know, we share um, an outright love for the game. The game's on television a lot. Television is doing many things that are difficult for sport, that are, are difficult for fans. But... Um, the debate is changing, the way in which people discuss football now, the way people think about football now. Painfully, you're enjoying yourself. But as an analyst, as a pundit, what, what's your objective, apart from earning money, continuing mm-hmm. career, staying close to sport you love? What will you try to add? What will you try to do as part of your career as an analyst? In, in, in terms of 
analysis or me being an, an analyst, I don't want to, to change that too much because you've got an opinion, someone else has got an opinion and all that. No matter what I say, certain things that are going to have their opinion. But what I, what I want to try and to do is to try touch on the, the perception of players because all the, all the players are perceived in such a, a negative way. Mm. You know, I, I had an Aston Martin at, at 19, but I was playing for England, I was playing. Over, from 19 till 25, I had a reputation of being called the blinking. And a lot of people who know me was like, that's, that's not you, you like cars, you, you're, you're a humble lad, you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, you'd like to go out occasionally, but why have you got this stigma, you're the, the, the blinking, do you know what I mean? Whereas James Milner, who had a Ferrari, but because he's seen as someone who's just hard-working and ultra-pro, he can drive a Ferrari, and he's not got that stigma of, of being... You know, a blinking or a, a blinking or, or or flashy or a show off. Do you know what I mean? So what I want to do when when I'm on TV, well, if you want to talk about he's not not a good player, his position could have been it. Fair enough, that's fine. But don't attack people's personal life without knowing the facts, and that's what I want to change. I want to change the perception of footballers because you you'll see it. You didn't know me. You, you, you see me um, with Darren Fletcher. Correct. And you was like, oh, I like the way he talks about it. Do you know what I mean? But Spot on. You, you wouldn't have not known that until after no. I played football. And there's loads of players just like me who can talk about football, who can be articulate, who, who even, uh, you know, can be more articulate than, than, than I can ever be. But you won't know that unless, you know, someone is painting them in the right light. And that's what I want to change. So, Michael Richards, um, thanks for your generosity. Uh, we both laughed quite a lot. In the <laughs> you always, always got to have a little bit of fun with it, haven't you? Um, you're going to be really good at this next chunk of your career. We all wish, you wish, that maybe another six, seven years playing. But now that you're starting on doing this, it's going to be fun for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to The Big Interview, it's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true, Graham Hunter, and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.